Don't touch that dial. It's the American Grooves Radio Hour with your host, Joe Laura. Happy Sunday, everybody. Joe Lauro and the American Grooves Radio Hour has begun. And we began it with Benny Moten and his orchestra, circa 1931-32, the new Moten Stomp. And I dedicate it to my friend, Mr. Russell Fine, who is not only a Moten enthusiast, but he, I understand, is working on a definitive biography of Moten and his band and his influence, the band that brought us Count Basie and Ben Webster and Walter and Vernon Page and so many great musicians who went on to success on their own after the band moved from Kansas City to New York. Moten died tragically in the early 1930s, but left quite a legacy of 
amazing recordings beginning around 1923-24 and going to about 1932 on OK First and then on Victor. Okay, so that was Moten, the unissued take. Now we're going to move into a different area. Uh, We're going to spend the next half hour on skiffle music. What is skiffle? Well, interestingly enough and fantastically enough, you know, only in America, you know, the country that brought us blues and jazz and country and gospel and so many amazing genres of music, really that only exists because of the influence of the cross-culture pollination of immigrants, of slaves, unfortunately, that were brought to this country, and immigrants who arrived from Europe and points beyond. All these genres of music just morphed through the years. And a subgenre of, I would say, blues and jazz, and even a little country, is skiffle. And skiffle originally uh, was referred to as sort of a genre of music that could be played on the street by people that made their own instruments, cigar box fiddles, wash tub basses. And really, uh, I associate it closely with string bands more than with jazz bands. But when there is jazz influence in a skiffle band, it's usually played on a kazoo or someone doing something known as blue blowing, where you're imitating a trumpet or a brass or reed instrument with your mouth. You know, that sort of thing. And so we're going to start off with maybe one of the most influential skiffle recordings only because it had a revival in the 60s when the Jim Queskin Jug Band covered it. This is the five Harmaniacs doing their version of Sadie Green, the Vamp of New Orleans. Skiffle from 
Brothers and their Mississippi Juke Band. Skiffle from 1934-35. They call that barbecue bust. Kazoos, small tenor guitars, you name it. You know, really, Skiffle is American folk music. Uh, performed and uh, on homemade instruments, as I said. Its origins... Uh, early part of the 20th century, and uh, it became popular, again, for some unknown reason, probably because it was in the midst of the folk revival. But in the UK, in England, in the 50s, Skiffle was really popular. People like Lonnie Donegan, the Viper Skiffle Group, Ken Coyler, Charles McDevitt, and not only was it popular, but it influenced very young John Lennon and Paul McCartney, who this month in 1959 or 58, whenever it was, well, 65 years ago, so uh, that would be 57. Well, anyway, they first got together at a quarryman gig, John Lennon Skiffle Group, where Paul McCartney happened on it met John Lennon, and so, hey, we could say that if it wasn't for Skiffle, there wouldn't be the Beatles. And, you know, the origins of Skiffle, you know, they say it developed in New Orleans. That's been disputed. Uh, there were many improvised jug bands around the time. It was, it was common. Uh, the instruments were washboard, jugs, washtub bass, cigar box fiddles, musical saws, paper kazoos, any homemade instrument, as well as the more conventional and available guitars and mandolins and fiddles of the time. It seems that the first use of the word skiffle, and it's interesting uh, what its early meaning was, it was in England, and the, the phrase make a skiffle <laughs> kind of meant making a mess of business. And it's traced back as far as the 1870s. Uh, then it became sort of a slang term in African-American culture for having a party, a rent party, throwing a skiffle. Uh, the host would buy some beer, get a piano player, everyone would chip in, and any profit was used to pay the rent. It was a social event, and Skiffle emerged in the 1920s at these parties. And the first use of Skiffle on a recording was in 1925. Uh, uh, a jazz player, Jimmy O'Brien, had a group called the Chicago Skifflers. And anyway, there's more information than you'll ever need to know or probably care about about skiffle music. So let's play a few more sides. Yeah. 
Bobby Leekan and his Need More Band. Based in Philadelphia, that was their recording of Washboard Cutout made for the Victor Record Company around 1927. A real African-American skiffle band, washboards, you know, scatting, everything going on in that. And Lee Can, I believe, was the guitar player. Uh, Robert Cooksley, uh, I believe his name was, was the harmonica player. And they made quite a few sides for Victor and some other labels. Before that, we heard the Madam Ma Rainey and her tub jug washboard band. She's naming all the crazy instruments on that recording. There's also the conventional piano, which in general was not used in skiffle for the good reason that skiffle bands primarily, you know, primarily performed on the streets. And you can't lug a piano around when you're busking on a street corner. Was not a homemade instrument, was not easily moved. So, We'll include the piano. We're not total purists here, but there are skiffle elements in that Ma Rainey recording, certainly by the nature of the other instruments on the recording. Now, here's a uh, wonderful string band, African-American string band called the Dallas String Band, recorded on the Columbia label in the late 1920s. And... Again, really, it's so hard to pinpoint exactly if this is skiffle or not. I consider it being along those lines. And I, I guess you could open it up to saying, well, what's the difference between skiffle and a conventional string band? I don't know. But the Dallas string band, no matter what, is worth listening to. And here they are playing great old Tin Pen Alley tune, probably from a few years earlier, called I Used to Call Her Baby. The Dallas String Band, 1928. Oh 
Five Harmaniacs again. 
the flip side of Sadie Green. That was called Coney Island Washboard, another tune that was recorded by all kinds of different groups. The Mills Brothers famously did it in 1933, and that version that you just heard was from 1926, that Victor session that they had. I think we'll um, play one more skiffle side. This one from a New Orleans band, uh, I believe, I'm only saying that uh, because Bill Russell, the great jazz historian, record producer of the 1940s, 50s, one of the first people to really pay attention to New Orleans jazz, recording interviews with so many of the older musicians from the Buddy Bolden era and beyond, and also making quite a group of wonderful recordings, putting these groups together. He put together uh, a session with this group called the Mobile Strugglers, probably around 1950-51, And they really were a band out of their time by then. A real traditional skiffle, not really jug, but skiffle string band. And here is their version of something called I'm Sick and Tired of Fattening Frogs for Snakes. Breakfast this morning for the mama Had my dinner on time Spent my last dollar Like you spent my last dime But I'm getting tired Fattening frog for a snake Take me so many years To learn my mistakes When I had plenty money you pull me in your door. Soon as I got that lucky straight, and woman, no doubt, don't know. That many times. Fattening frog for snakes. Take me so many years to ruin my mistakes. My first note, you put in mama. Didn't have so many fine clothes. Old house rent, almost sleeping out there, that made me die. Fattening frog for snake. Take me so many years to learn my mistake.
King David's Jug Band, Louisville Blues. And before that, we heard Mississippi Sarah with Daddy's Stovepipe playing the Greenville Strut. That is skiffle, folks, with the addition of a jug, jug band skiffle music. Well, folks, I hope you've enjoyed our little journey down Skiffle Avenue Uh, Some recordings perhaps you've never heard. I certainly enjoyed listening to them myself. And only here on public radio can you really hear such crazy stuff consistently. And you are listening to WLIW-FM, Southampton, New York, over the air at 88.3 and serving eastern Long Island and southern Connecticut. And we're at 96.9 if you happen to be in western Suffolk. And we're streaming at WLIW.org radio and on all of your favorite streaming platforms. And again, this is listener-supported WLIW-FM, Long Island's only NPR station. And I am delighted to be here. And in keeping with this crazy American Grooves radio hour, and in the words of Monty Python, famously, Now for something completely different.
started with something completely different in regards to what we've been playing prior. That was Packy Dolan and his boys. Dolan was an Irish fiddler, not an Irish-American fiddler, but he was born in Ireland. Ireland came to the country, I think, around 1915 and had a popular band in New York in 1927 and 28. They recorded for the Victor record company making 24 classic sides, some with his band, uh, Packy Dolan and his boys, and some fiddle solos with um, piano accompaniment. Packy Dolan and his boys has the great, I guess it's a penny whistle, I know, or flute on the sides that gives it an, a, an entirely different feel than just sort of the fiddle accompanied by piano Irish uh, instrumental sides. But anyway, Dolan... Um, you know, basically music was a part-time profession for him, though he did quite well until the Great Depression hit, put a lot of people out of business that were musicians and certainly affected the record industry. And he became a chauffeur. And then um, he and his wife in 1932, at the height of the Great Depression, were planning on going back to Ireland. But sadly, tragedy struck he had been working as a laborer and was on a ferry boat that was taking other laborers out to Rikers Island for whatever work they were doing. They were being ferried out there, and the boiler in the ferry exploded, killing 125 men, including the great Packy Dolan. They never made it back to Ireland, but his music lives on. And after that, you heard one of my favorite early 
Billie Holiday sides. She's still singing with the Teddy Wilson band at that point. I believe you have Benny Goodman on that side. He and Teddy Wilson, of course, became musical mates around this time and for many years after. Miss Brown to You, I believe that was recorded in 1937. Now, I don't think a Sunday here on the American Grooves Radio Hour would be complete with a little bit, without a little bit of Louis Armstrong. And here he is with his band in 1931, Walking My Baby Back Home. Ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps it up for me, Joe Lauro, and this has been the American Grooves Radio Hour here on WLIW at 4 o'clock, and then we're going to repeat the show at 10. And you know, since we 
dedicated and devoted so much of this hour to early skiffle music. Here's a little bit more of Bobby Lee Kent and his Need More <laughs> band in 1927 to take us on out. Have a great week, folks. to you weekly on WLIW-FM Southampton, 88.3 on your radio dial, and at WLIW.org, and all streaming formats.